love in her home. She couldn't find it anywhere. She went, she looked for love in, 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 in a certain guy. When that guy broke her heart, when she found herself in a situation, the guy broke her heart. Okay, so she went, and what happened was she was so broken that she needed to find that love. She needed to find what she couldn't get at home, what she couldn't get in this world. So she went and she resorted to prostitution. Okay, as you saw, she was asking every guy that came up, you know, hey, you looking for a good time? You know, I can show you a good time. She was resorting to prostitution to look for a way to fulfill that, that need for love. Okay? Now, we're all here, you know, we're all young, most of us at least. No, I'm kidding. Uh, what's it called? We're all young, all right? And I know since I was in kindergarten, I was like in boys, okay? So I can imagine, you know, how many here have ever, you know, liked someone, been through a relationship, you know, or are looking for a relationship. We are, we're in a stage right now where the media, all they show is love, all they show is sex or whatever. You know, they show people like, I'm telling you, even in Disney movies, all you see is like people hooking up, you know? It's a little depressing at times. But, you know, that's, that's in the human nature. You know, we tend to seek that. We tend to long after someone who can fill, um, fill that part of our lives. Amen. Now, I'm going to share real quick with you my testimony. Basically, I, you know, a lot of you guys know. Um, all my life I've dealt with self-esteem issues, okay? Always dealt with it since I can remember. You know, I always felt, I never felt like, I was pretty enough. I never felt like I was funny enough. I never felt like I was good enough. You know, I was always the nice one who was taken advantage of. You know, so um, that led me, you know, having my friends call me names behind my back, okay? People that call themselves my friends, they called me, they called me basically everything in the book, all right? And I couldn't understand why. All I did was offer them my love, my, you know, um, and whatnot. And I still received this. So this led me, this low self-esteem that I, that I went through, it led me to self-abuse. Because not, not only did I feel this way around my peers, I felt like it at home. You know, my, my father, I love him to death, you know. He's an awesome pastor, you know. But let me tell you, no one's perfect. And the man of God he is today, you know, it took him a process to get there. Just like who I was back then, it took, it, it, it's a process to get to where I am now. And I know there's still more that, I, that God needs to fix in my life. And in the home, I always felt like I was a failure. You know, in every aspect, in school, at the house, with friends, with everything, I always felt like a failure. I always, I, I have this fear of failure where it's just like, and it's, it's funny because I mess, I fail all the time, all the time. It's hilarious. You know, you think I'd be a perfectionist. I'm not. But um, in academics and everything, you know, no one liked me. You know, I was the ugly duckling of, the, of all my school years, you know, and it took a toll on me. And um, it led to self-abuse. You know, I wouldn't, I couldn't show how hurt I was inside to everyone else. I couldn't do it. You know, I had to be the one carrying the smile all the time. You know, no one could know what, was, what, 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 what I was feeling inside. So I carried a smile all the time. I pretended like everything was always all right. But in my room, I destroyed myself. I'm, when I say I, 
I abused myself because that was my only other outlet. I would punch the walls. I would punch things. I would hit myself. Okay, sounds pretty serious, you know. But when you have no other outlets, you know, these things happen. A lot of people go through this, believe it or not. You know, and so through this, I'm trying to find this love where someone will actually accept me for me. Someone will love me for who I am with my mistakes and all, you know. And the only time I got someone paying attention to me was through my physical body. So in order for me to find the love I was seeking, I felt I had to become the object of love. Okay? And that led to nothing but sexual harassment. I had a friend of mine who was like a brother to me. You know? A brother to me. You know? And when he put his hands on me, it was like I, had, I didn't know what to do. You know, in, in times like these, you get paralyzed. I was stuck, and I was praying that whole time, and thank God nothing else happened. You know, but the fact is he crossed the line. And then it happened again with someone else. Then it happened again, and I always, I, te- I, I, the only, I started seeing, okay, the only way I'm going to be paid attention to is if I show guys what they want to see. But it was hurting me still. I wasn't feeling love. It still hurt me so much, you know, to know that, these people are only looking at me because of my physical aspects. That was it. And it hurt. It hurt that they only cared about my body. They didn't care about me. They only wanted to touch me, and that was it. And as much as I didn't want that, the moment it would happen, I would freeze. I didn't know what to do. I remained paralyzed. You know, and in my head, I'm screaming for a way out, for someone to come and do something. But I praise God because God was always there because he always allowed for a way, you know, to stop what was happening. And thank God, thank God I was never raped, you know, because that, it, it could have gone to that many times. You know, God loved, God loved me that much. Even when I didn't love myself, he loved me that much. So I looked at my body as a way to sell me. I became a quote-unquote, prostitute, you can say, you know, and um, always felt leave, always felt worthless. Then I gave my heart to somebody, and he was the first person to ever have me feeling like I was the most beautiful girl on earth. He had me feeling like I was not perfect, but almost there, you know? And he had me on cloud nine. Okay? Problem was, this cat wasn't saved. Okay? And I always told myself, I was never, no, if you don't go to church, I'm sorry, I'm not looking at you. No. And my, my actually, my, my goal was originally to get him saved, you know? And he was actually trying, he started coming to church, you know? He started coming to church, and he started asking me a bunch of questions. Like, our phone conversations, he would ask me, you know, what about this about God, and what this, and what this? And I was all, I was like, praise Jesus, he's going to get saved, you know? And I thought it was just like, oh, my God, you know, the first guy to ever make me feel this way, to make me feel worth something, you know? And he's asking about God, oh, praise Jesus, you know? But I told myself, Evie, don't, let, don't, don't get too caught up in it, you know, we got to wait, you know? But I, everything he told me, I allowed my emotions to get so caught up in him. 
And one day I found out something that really tore me to pieces. And it was funny because he was this close to getting saved. He wanted to go up to the altar to get saved. But he got scared and he said, he's like, next time I'm going to do it. And then something happened. I confronted him and I knew I should not have. I confronted him like if I was his girlfriend and forget it, drama, you know. And I was so torn. I told myself I'll never cry over a boy and I cried. I bawled, you know. And I was so angry at myself for crying over someone that I wasn't even dating, you know. I laugh about it. But anyways, um, you know, and it's just like, you know, I can't believe I got to that point. I can't believe I let myself get to that point. You know, like, seriously, are you kidding me? Like, I know the word. I always tell myself, no, if he's not in church, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And look what I did. And then he just stopped talking to me, you know, until recently, actually. But, you know, he's another, you know, case that's going to get saved, okay? But um, I know he's not going to think twice about it this time. If he's thinking something else, he got nothing coming. But... He stopped talking to me for a long time, and I was calling him, you know, apologizing. I'm so sorry, you know, and he's like, I don't want to go to church anymore. I can't do it, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and I, I, can't, I was groveling at his feet almost, you know, and he just, like, forgot about me. He forgot completely about me, you know, and that hurt, that hurt me a lot, you know. I go from feeling worthless, from self-abuse, from sexual harassment, you know, to finally feeling that love I was looking for, okay? To then feeling like I was horrible again. I started feeling everything all over again. I started feeling depressed. I have a history, or had, I should say, a history of depression, okay? I wanted to die, not in the sense that I want to die now, you know. Some of you guys know I say I want to die now, but that's just to be with Jesus, you know, because I love him so much. But not in the depressing way, to make that clear, Okay? I don't want to commit suicide. <laughs> but what's the God? There was a time where I was so depressed. And I remember one time, oh my gosh, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was, I was driving. Uh, don't ever drive if you're depressed. Don't do that. <laughs> I was driving and I was so gone. I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about anything. And uh, I'm here trying to make a left onto Grand. The arrow's going. And I'm like far away from the turn lane. I'm still, to me, the arrow was still green. And when I go to turn, that arrow was not green no more. Let me tell you, this close, I'm getting hit by a truck, a big truck. Okay. And you want to know what went through my mind? If I only waited just a little bit longer, I would have not hit by that truck. You know? And that's a scary thing. You know, and I know that for God, he doesn't want his children to go through that. This wasn't something, you know, that, you know, I found joy in. Oh, yes, I'm depressed. You know, it's like, oh, this made my day. No. You know, it hurts. And many of you guys I know have gone through this depression, have gone through this. You're seeking love. You're seeking this. And because you cannot find it in whoever or whatever, it hurts. It brings us down. And we tend to forget about the love that God offers. Okay? We take his love so lightly. We say, yeah, I know God loves me, whatever. But that's, it. that's how lightly we take it. When God's love is so powerful that he's, that it sent him to the cross, you know? I don't know, like, recently, and I'm going jumping way ahead of myself, but that's okay. Recently, I've just started to feel God's love in such a way that I had never thought imaginable. Never. The love I always search for, I, I'm experiencing it. Now, like, I always knew God loved me, but I never experienced it the way I have been these past couple of weeks. It's been crazy. You know, it's just like, God, I just want you. I just want you. I'm going to be a Paul now. You know, all I want is God, you know. And 
it's so awesome to feel. And it's just like my desire today is that if there's anyone that ever felt like I felt or felt like how this girl felt in the skit, I want you to come to the realization of God's love for you today. Amen. God has called us to be one with him. Okay? The day we accepted him into our hearts, the day we said, God, I'm going to live for you, we became one with God. Okay? We committed ourselves to a relationship with Jesus Christ. All right? Now, the thing with commitment is that you're faithful to that one person. Okay? You're faithful to God. The moment you say, God, it's you now. You're faithful to him. Okay? And the enemy, the enemy can't stand that. He doesn't want us to be committed to Christ. Because if we're in Christ, if we're committed to a relationship with him, we will stand strong against the enemy. But if we are not committed to a relationship with him, we will fall. Amen? Apart from God, we will fall. I know this for a fact. You know, do I have to repeat my testimony? You know, no. This is a fact. Apart from God, not having a serious relationship with him, we're going to fall. Okay? And many times we find ourselves in a little, you know, situation where we're like, you know, oh, I don't know how to get out of this, blah, 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 you know. And it's just like, God is right there. Forget about how you're going to get out of the situation. Look to God. He loves you so much that he is faithful to you when you are not even faithful to him. Amen. The devil will come to deceive and distract you from the relationship with Christ. He will present anything and anyone to distract you from seeking God. And a lot of times, of course, the, see, see the thing with, with the devil, he's a smart one, okay? Because he's going he's gonna to paint the picture so pretty for you. He's going to paint it so pretty like, oh, it's not that bad. You know, come on, just one time or whatever. To the point where you're just like, okay, I'm going to try it, I'm going to try it. Then it becomes something where the enemy starts putting in your mind, like, okay, well, see, it wasn't so bad. And then the enemy is going to start trying to convince you to justify your actions, to justify why it is that we, why, why, to justify why it is that, that we're going to start slacking in God, that we're going to start going to these things that God has told us to leave behind. Is everyone understanding me? Am I making sense? Okay. Just making sure. It's funny because my heart, oh my gosh, my spirit grieved. I was talking to some young people, and they were justifying their sin, justifying it in the house of the Most High, okay, justifying why they do what they do. And at that moment, I, I was, you know, I'm rebutting, and I'm like, but the word of God says this. Who are you to say otherwise? Who are you to tell God that this is okay if God said it wasn't? And they're justifying, backing it up with all of their strength. And all of a sudden, I felt something in my spirit. Oh, my gosh. You know, my spirit started to grieve, and I just stopped. And I was like, are you kidding me? The devil is a liar. And the problem is we give into that lie. We start paying attention to the lie that the devil says, and we let it become our truth. Now, <clears throat> when two people are in a relationship, and that's what a relationship is. Relationships, basically, they're commitments, okay? If you are committed, if you're not committed, you're not in a relationship. If you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, and you don't talk to them. You talk to them when you feel like it, you know, when you want to ride or when you want food. I don't know. You know, when <laughs> – you went off, okay. <laughs> um, 
you know, you talk to them when you feel like it. You see them when you feel like it. Like, so I don't feel like seeing him, you know, no. You know, are you really in a relationship with him or her? If you were the other person and the other person was like, excuse me, I don't want to talk to you today, okay? Today is not your day. It's not Wednesday. I'm sorry. You know, like, are you going to be like, yeah, that's my girlfriend. That's my boyfriend. I love her to death. No. You're going to be like, peace. You know, I'm going to look somewhere else. That is not a relationship. Lord Jesus, if a guy ever tells me that one day, it's going to be on and popping. Let me tell you, okay? That is not a relationship. A relationship is when you are faithful, when you will do whatever for that person, when you will lay yourself down for that person, okay? That is a relationship. If you have a relationship with your best friend, you will do anything for your best friend because if not, then they ain't your best friend. A relationship takes two people, not just one. Not when you feel like using the other person. Not when they feel like using you. It's, you know, like, you know what, let me see how you're doing. I want to talk to you. I want to know how you're doing today, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Everyone understanding? Everyone following me? All right? So if one person in a relationship, if one person cheats on the other or chooses, let's say, basketball or the girlfriends, whatever, over that person, what does that make them? An adulterer, right? Oh, some of y'all look at me like, oh, weirdness. Adultery is not for marriage. It's not just for marriage. I'm sorry. Adultery is not just for marriage. The Bible says that if you lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. Okay? We're cheating on God. Okay? We say we have a relationship. When we say that we're Christians, we're saying that we have a relationship with God, right? I would hope so. You know? We're saying we have a relationship with God. And if we're here attending to other things and be like, Jesus, you can stay over there right here, okay? We're not having a relationship with him, are we? If we say, I'm going to pray for five minutes on Tuesdays and maybe Fridays if I feel like it. And we leave him in that little corner or we say, God, I need you because I need an A in my test. And then after that, we walk away. Are we having a relationship with God? Let me ask you a question. Okay. If you don't talk to God, if you don't listen to what he has, if you don't seek a relationship with him, are you going to tell me that you know the heart of the Father? No. No. If you want to know the Father's heart, if you really want to know his love for you, you have to seek him. You have to get into a relationship with him. And let me tell you, it's not really all that bad. Okay. I share this with my youth. I'm going to share with you guys today. Having a relationship with God, this Christian walk, it is one of the easiest things you can do. Some hell of me like, no, no, it's not. Let me tell you, it is. The hard part is disciplining yourself to get into the relationship. The hard part is putting aside your flesh to get on your knees and seek God. That is the hard part. Because when you're finally in the presence of God, when you finally find yourself in his glory, tell me you don't feel like you can conquer anything. Tell me you don't feel like when, the, when the, you know, you're in the glory of God, all of a sudden the enemy presents something your way, like anything that would in any other day bother you. And all of a sudden you're like, ah, the devil is a liar, praise Jesus, and you keep going. Have anyone ever felt that way before? I have. When I'm in the presence of God, I'm just like, oh, you are a liar, you know, like, no. You know, you can't get me. But if we're not in the presence of God, if we're not seeking him, then that would bring me down. But when we're in it, we can conquer anything. We feel it. Okay, we experience it. The problem is getting ourselves to get into that relationship. 
That is the problem. That is the hard part. Other than that, you're good. God promises strength. He promises that he will set you free. He promises that you will overcome. He promises you will feel joy in the midst of your circumstances. Amen. So, okay. So if we do the same to God, if we're cheating on God, right, that means we're committing adultery too, right? Oh, that's pretty harsh a little bit, right? No, we're committing adultery. You ever put anything before God? You ever put people before God? You're committing adultery. You ever stop seeking God? You've committed adultery. You've cheated on God. God asked for your heart, not for some of your time. Okay? Can we forgive others for cheating on us? Can we forgive others for treating us badly, for dissing us? It's hard. It's very hard. Can we welcome them with open arms after our boyfriend, girlfriend cheated us with three other people? We're going to be like, baby, I knew you'd come back. No. You know, no. Sad part is many of us don't even care, okay? Many of us, we take words like this and we don't even care. And we're just like, you know, whatever. We still take it very lightly. We don't care. All right? Why? Because how can someone learn to care for someone they don't even know? It's because of our selfish pride. All right, let's go to the book of Hosea. I'm going to be going back and forth between chapters. Hosea chapter 5, verse 4. And the word of God says, really? Amen. Thank you, sister. Amen. In chapter 5, verse 4, okay, this explains as to why it's hard for us to get into that relationship with God. Because it says, their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. For a spirit of prostitution is in their heart. They do not acknowledge the Lord. Okay, so what stops us from getting back into the presence of God? It's our selfish desires. It's our deeds. It's when we want to go party instead of go to church. It's when we want to go say a cuss word instead of blessing someone. It's when we want to go gossip instead of evangelize to someone in need. Our deeds do not permit us to return to God. That is why many people find it very hard to come back to the feet of the Lord. So why should God treat us any different, okay? If we're this way, if we're so selfish being human, okay, why should God treat us any different? Why should he offer his love? I mean, honestly, he's God. We are a wicked people. You know, without God, we are a wicked people. God compares, and I love this, because in Hosea, I forgot where it says, but in Hosea, it says that God compares the love of Israel to the morning dew that disappears. What does that mean? That just like the dew that you wake up in the morning, the dew that's there, it disappears, okay? You're not going to see it there in the afternoon. And a lot of us, Israel, we compare Israel to ourselves, okay? When I say Israel, think of ourselves, okay? Think of this human nature. Think of, think of mankind, okay? Our love disappears for God a lot. It disappears. Yet God's love is the greatest to be found, and it never disappears. I find that so amazing. I tell God all the time, like, seriously, like, are you kidding me? Like, you still love me after what I just did? You know, I just, like, totally 
you know, was thinking about something else instead of praying or whatnot. And it's just like, and you're still there? I just stopped praying for a week and you're still here for me? God's love is the greatest. See, the problem is we can't understand God's love because human love has limits, okay? Because we tend to go to, oh, I don't like you, you know? I love this one. I love you, but I don't like you. I love it. There's no such thing, people. Let me tell you, okay? We have our limits because if you don't like somebody, tell me you're going to wish the best for that person. Let's be real. But God's love has no limits. The Bible says he has an agape love, okay? It's endless. It's above all, okay? The love you're seeking in someone else is not compared to the love that God offers each and every one of us. We just need to seek after it. I'm loving Jesus right now, like seriously. Like I love how he makes me feel. You know, it's just, I love it. It's just like, God, that's all he wants is for his people to experience. God is just like, I just want you to experience how much I love you. That's it. Is that too much to ask? You want someone to, to, to appreciate your love one day? God wants you to appreciate his. He wants us to appreciate his. Okay? This love, this undying love is seen through the story of Hosea and Gomer. Okay? Hosea was a prophet from the Lord. And Gomer was a prostitute. Now, in this book, okay, I advise everyone to read the entire book of Hosea. If I could, I would read chapter by chapter by chapter because it's awesome, you know? But <clears throat> in this book, okay, Hosea, the relationship that Hosea and Gomer have is basically a representation of the love that God has for his people. All right, so I want you guys to think that when God mentions the word Israel in this book. Whenever you hear the word Israel, think of yourself. Okay, I think I mentioned that already, but I'm going to say it again. Think of, your, think of ourselves. All right, and we're going to see. I love this book. It's just, it's amazing. Hosea chapter 1. I'm just going to read. I talk too much. Hosea chapter 1. Okay, I'm going to read verses 2 to 3. And it says, When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. But like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. Okay, so let's start for a second. And why would God tell Hosea to marry a promiscuous woman? If he commanded his people in, back in the day not to marry those, um, the, the women from other lands. He told them, do not marry these people. They're unevenly yoked with you. Yet he's telling Hosea, marry this adulteress, this prostitute. You would think that made no sense, right? <clears throat> but God here, <clears throat> God here wants to show his undying love for his people through Hosea, even though we turn away from him. Even though we become this adulterous wife. Because God, he, he, he compares us to, to his wife, right? He calls us his bride. Amen? All right? And he says, like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness. All right? So sometimes we as humans, we need to see things in the flesh in order to believe it. You know, oh, I already said that already. But anyways, okay, whatever. <laughs> we, we need to see things in the flesh to believe it. So I believe this is why God allowed for this to happen, you know, in, in the flesh. For Hosea to marry Gomer to show us that, yeah, this is how great God's love is for us. Amen? Israel, unfortunately, cannot grasp the reality of God's love 
they basically used God, okay, as we were talking about before. They used him for his blessings. Lord, I want to aim this test. Lord, I want him to like me. Lord, I want a car. Lord, I want this. Lord, please get me through this situation. But for everything else, we ask, we ask, we ask. We use God for what he can offer us. But that's about it. If God asks for anything else, okay, now I want your love in return. We're like, you know, no. That's pretty bogus, right? I've done that before. I've done it many times. God, I just want you to just help me get good grades on my, on my report card because, you know, I'm, I'm going to get in so much trouble. God does it. And seriously, one time, <laughs> I messed up really bad in school. So one time, um, I, was, I wasn't doing too well. And I was going through a little phase. I started talking back and whatnot to my teachers, not to my mom, not to my daddy, no. <laughs> but what's the card? And I wasn't sure, you know, I was, I was terrified because I'm like, if I bring home bad grades, Papa's going to kill me, you know. And I fasted for straight C's, okay, C's. <laughs> I fasted and I prayed to Jesus. All day for report card day, I was still going, I was on my knees like, God, you are a God that answers prayers. You said that whatever I ask in your name, it shall be done, Lord. And I held him to every promise. The report card came. I got straight C's, people, okay? Straight C's. Like, when does that happen? You know? But what did I do? I still went to school and started talking back to the teachers again. You know? I was in my little ghetto phase, you know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was, I was a little bad child in high school. But somehow, by the grace of God, through the year, I ended up on the honor roll. Don't ask me how. Anywho, I don't even know how. <laughs> but what's the card? So, <clears throat> the, so the Israelites, they couldn't grasp this reality. Let's go to chapter 7, verse 15 through 16. And the Lord said, he said, I trained them and strengthened their arms, but they plot evil against me. They do not turn to the most high. Okay, we see here how God is saying, I've done this for them. I've given them strength when they ask for it. I've, call, I've, I've, I've attended to their earnest pleas. And yet they still plot evil against me. They still choose to go to their idols. They still choose to go, you know, to the TV, to their boyfriend. They still choose to, do, to go to everyone else but me. And I'm the only one who's given them this strength, this joy. You know, how many have you ever given something to somebody and they don't acknowledge you for it? And they say, oh, thank you, I got this, yes. And it's just like, excuse me, <laughs> hold up. Like, I gave that to you. Give credit where credit is due. Thank you very much. You know, yet Israel, us, okay, we don't do that. We get the straight C's that we prayed for on our report card. We're just like, excuse me. You know, it's, no, are you kidding me? Like, we need to seriously get over ourselves. Like, God has really been speaking to me on that lately. Like, seriously, we need to get over ourselves, okay? If I confuse anybody, please let me know, please. I tend to talk way too fast and confuse everybody. Despite the disobedience, God attended their cries. But by them constantly turning away, they cheated on God. Okay, chapter 4, verse 12. It says, okay. it says, A spirit of prostitution leads them astray. They are unfaithful to their God. What does it mean? What, what is a spirit of prostitution? 
Okay, does it mean that we're literally on the street corner saying, you know, hey, baby, you know, let me talk to you for a minute? No. What it means, a prostitute, what do they do? They go to everyone and everything else for their own, to, to fulfill their own desires, to fulfill their own satisfaction, to fulfill their own needs, okay? They wander around not being faithful to anyone, okay? And many times Christians nowadays, we have that spirit of prostitution, okay? We turn from God, and we look to him because he's cute. We look, you know, to this person, you know, to her because she plays the drums nice, and I want to be her friend, and my whole purpose in life is to be her best friend. We look to the TV, you know? We look to, there's a, there's, there's a number, there's a list of things. I can go through it all night, you know, but I'm not, okay? I'll save you from that. But there's a list of things that we turn to. We turn away from God. We wander from thing to thing looking for the only thing that, the, the one thing that God has to offer. Not the one thing. I'm sorry. Perdona. You know, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> we look for the thing that God, that God is the only one that can offer. Okay? Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay? We do that. We turn to our lovers. All right? Whether it's people or things, we turn to it. We're doing the same. Okay, continue on with the story of Hosea and Gomer. Okay, Hosea and Gomer, they get married. Hosea does. You know, he listens to God. He gets married to her. They have three kids. Mind you, a couple of them weren't his. All right? And if you read the book, you'll see, you'll, you'll see how I know that. A couple of them weren't his. And Gomer leaves Hosea to go back to her old ways. She returns to other lovers and becomes a slave. Okay? That is pretty harsh. You know? Where this girl straight up left her husband with the family, okay? She left her husband and returned to her other lovers. We tend, as humans, to go with the flow of emotions. We commit to God and turn back to what God has taken us out of. We return to our other lovers and we find it hard to return to God, okay? And it's because we have become slaves to our sin. We have become slaves to our flesh. Now, I already talked about this a bunch of times, okay? We become slaves to ourselves, because we are not, we're listening, we're giving in to the lie the enemy is telling us. And we're saying, okay, devil, you know, supposedly you're a liar, but I'm listening to you. Therefore, making the lie you're telling me become my truth, which is making me a, sl- a slave to my sin. Okay? If we're not serving the Lord, who are we serving? The Bible clearly says it. Satanas. Okay? Let's go to chapter 2, verse 5. And it says, and like a little bit halfway down through verse 5, it says, she said, speaking of, you know, the adulterous wife, she said, I will go after my lovers who give me my food and my water, my wool and my linen, my olive oil and my drink. Who's she giving credit to? She does not acknowledge God. This adulterous wife that we can be, that Israel was, that Gomer was, does not acknowledge God. In verse 8, it says it. It says, she has not acknowledged that I was the one who gave her the grain, the new wine and oil, who lavished on her the silver and gold, which they used for Baal. And in verse 13, I'm jumping around, sorry. It says, I will punish her for her days. And I'm sorry, I want to go down. She decked herself with rings and jewelry and went after her lovers. But me, she forgot, declares the Lord. But me, she forgot. I'm the one giving her all this and she forgets me. How many times have we forgotten God? Look at the Israelites. 
the Israelites, the chosen people, okay? This blows my mind. It boggles my mind all the time. You know, God calls the Israelites the chosen people. This is my wife. This is my chosen people. And yet when we read in the Bible, I'm just like, Jesus, are you serious? This was your chosen people? The Gentiles treated you better than your own people. These people, they complained. They received blessings from God. All right? Then they went complain. Then when something happened, you know, the, the Amalekites, the Midianites, they started attacking them, stealing all their grain and whatnot. What they do? They cry out unto God. You know, God, help us, please. You know, what does God do? Okay, all right, get in. You know, get up. You know, we're going to save these people. All right? And he rescues them. All right? He rescues them from their situations, from their afflictions. Then what happens? They turn around. They build up idols. They want to go see God face-to-face, right, with Moses, okay? They were getting jealous that Moses was seeing God face-to-face. Oh, I want to see God, too. You know, why are you up there all the time? So fine, God was like, okay, come see me. They couldn't even finish walking up that mountain because they got scared. And what happened when they turned back? Moses kept going. They turned back. What did they do? They went to idols over and over and over and over again. I was like, Jesus, when are they going to learn? When are they going to learn? Are you still? And it blows my mind that they're the chosen people. And God calls us the same chosen people. When he died on the cross, everyone became the chosen people. And we do the same. We cry out to God and we turn back. We turn to other things. We turn to other idols. The Bible says in Exodus 20, thou shalt not have no other idols before me. We turn to it. But God still calls us the chosen people. Isn't that amazing? Jesus. We get so wrapped up in ourselves, we forget about God. We've all been hurt, right? Well, not everybody. But a lot of us have been hurt, you know. A lot of some feelings. We've been hurt by others or whatever. Imagine just how much more God feels when we use him the way we do. When we cheat on him, when we basically, ex- <laughs> I hope this doesn't sound bad, but we treat him like a booty call. We, we call him up when we want something. Jesus ain't no booty call, let me tell you. <clears throat> so when we do this, what are we trying to prove? Are we trying to prove something to ourselves? Are we trying to prove something to other people? By doing what we do, by turning to other things, by doing us, okay, I love that saying, you know, do you, do you. No, don't do you. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know what you're doing. You know, by doing us, you know, what are we trying to prove? I'm going to do it my way, you know. I'm going to do it this way. What are we trying to prove? What are you seriously trying to prove to you? Are you trying to prove something to yourself? Are you trying to prove something to your parents? Are you trying to prove something to your friends? So when everything fades away, when your flesh fades away and there's nothing left, what are you still going to be trying to prove? Okay, we take this time on earth so lightly, it's ridiculous. You know, we need to get over ourselves. We need to stop playing games. Okay, because if we don't like it done to us, who are we to do the same to God? Are we better than God? Are we more important than him that we don't want it done to us, but we can do it to God anytime we feel like it? Is that what we're saying? God is getting higher than me. This is why I want to do what I'm going to do. Even though you say that you know everything, but I'm going to do me. We're basically saying, God, I know what I'm doing. You don't. Newsflash. The devil will lie to you. Okay? The devil is a liar. 
I want you guys to let it, pro- let it sink in for a moment in your brain. The devil is a liar. Anything negative does not come from the Lord. All right? Okay. Sing. What? Sorry. Okay, yeah, the devil is a liar. I'm sorry. Okay, I was right. The devil is a liar. You know, he will tell you, you don't need God. You don't need him in this moment. You don't need him for this thing. You can do it yourself, whatever. God gave you, you know, the strength to do it yourself. He lied to Eve, didn't he? So we let that lie become our truth, right? You know, we let that lie become our truth. Don't, don't let it become you. All right? Don't let it become you. Israel, Gomer, adulteress, left husband for own selfish desires, okay? Yet what did God tell Hosea, okay? This woman is gone. She went to her other lover. She became a slave already, all right? And in chapter 3, let's go there. Verse 1 through 3. I'm almost done. Don't worry. Chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, it says, The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisins, Jesus. So I bought her, this is how they are speaking, I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will behave the same way towards you. He bought her back. Tell me you do the same thing. The guy bought her back. She was, apparently, if he had to buy her back, she was a slave. And he, with his love for her, bought her back. And where do we see the same love? We see it on the cross, right? We see it on the cross. Where we are a slave to our sins, we are a slave to this world, to ourselves. And what does Christ do? He died on the cross. He paid a price. He, he sacrificed himself to buy us back, okay? He bought us back. That is amazing. Amen? God is willing to sacrifice for us when we need to be the one sacrificing for him. <clears throat> now, God is still faithful even when we're not. But that doesn't give us an excuse to sin, does it? It shows us that if we have turned away, We need to come back to reality now, and we need to rise. We need to get up. We need to get over ourselves. We need to not turn back to our way of prostitution, of spiritual prostitution. We need to stop committing spiritual adultery. We need to return to our first love. If God loves us so much that he will go through all of this, that he will sacrifice his son for us, that he will do this for us, why can't we even give him our time? We need to rise. If you find yourself today committing spiritual adultery, and you're tired of it, and you want to get over yourself, and you want to start feeling the love of God, if you're searching for something, and you want to start feeling that love in Christ, if you're searching for love for whatever it is, you need to turn to God, because let me tell you, he will show up. God doesn't let you just sit there rambling unless it's not from the heart. If it's from the heart, God will show up. He will allow you to feel his love in ways you will never imagine. I'm feeling it now, Jesus, because I finally decided to give my heart to God only, to stop looking to others to see where I can find love now, but to give it to God. And when he did, now I'm just like, Jesus, take me now, you know? You want love, 
Don't stick it elsewhere like the girl in this skit did. Her solutions led her nowhere. We need to run to God and he will show himself strong. We need to stop playing games and stop listening to what the enemy is telling us to do. Okay? Because when we do us, we're basically obeying the devil. The devil don't want us to do good, does he? No. So when we do what we want to do for our own selfish desires, for pride, selfishness, whatever, we're listening. We're obeying the devil himself. It's time to experience God's love for real. I want you guys to write this cha- write chapter 11 down on Hosea. Write it down. I'd read it. I would love to read it. We have time. I want you guys to go home and read this. Chapter 11. This book talks about God's amazing love for us. That even though Israel, even though we are unrepentant at times, it shows how much he loves us still. The blessings he still wants to show, our, to, 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 to give us. Amen. I really want you guys to read this. Please read it, you know. And you'll see his love in a different way. And you're going to want to experience it. And it even says, uh, in verse 1, I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. The more God calls us to him, the more we tend to run away. God has called us since we were little. Amen. <laughs> the devil is a liar. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Real quick, go to chapter 14, verse 9. We're going to read this last one, okay? It says, this is God speaking. It says, who is wise? Let them realize these things. Who is discerning? Let them understand. The ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but the rebellious stumble in them. Are we stumbling? Do we find ourselves as slaves to our sin? Can you come up for me? Are we being rebellious? Are we turning to other things? Are you tired of being a slave to your sin? Are you committing adultery? Are you tired of cheating on God? Are you tired of searching for love? Are you tired of living for yourself? Do you finally want to give God the love he, he's asking of you? Do you want to be set free today from whatever chains that are holding you down? Isaiah 58, 9, it says, God says, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. Here am I. All you got to do is cry out to God. All you got to do is cry out to God. He says, I'm right here. That's all you have to do. Sometimes we feel so defeated that we let that feeling of defeat bring us so far down that we can't even see God. It's like a thought about haze. We need to rise up. It's time to get over ourselves and we need to rise up. God says that he is with you. He's telling you to rise today. Take a stand over the devil. Take a stand over yourself and rise. 
Rise. I'm going to open up this altar right now. Do you mind if I just open it up? I'm going to open up this altar right now. And if you want to rise up today, I want you to come up to the front. If you're tired of being a slave to your sin, if you're tired of it all, then I want you to rise and come here because God says the Lord is with you, mighty warrior.